0: From the All-Ireland Business Foundation, this is Elaine Carl bringing you AIBF Business Talk. AIBF is an independent national body tasked with enterprise development and the promotion of best-in-class businesses as business all-stars. Today, I catch up with Nilo Grady of Linked Finance, the leading peer-to-peer and alternative lender that offers working capital loans to SMEs. In essence, they connect Irish SMEs who need business financing to the vibrant online investor community. Niall, thank you so much for joining me today on AIBF Business Talk. Uh, Niall, finance and funding and and that to help businesses to grow has always been a huge interest of mine, especially as we serve over 600 companies here at the All-Ireland Business Foundation. Can you tell me a little bit about Linked Finance and the background to it and and how and why it was established back in 2013?
1: Yeah, I think there was a recognition in 2013, Elaine, that um, there's a lot of small and medium enterprises who are finding it very, very difficult to access finance. They were either intimidated by the banks, they were either intimidated by the length and the depth of the process that they had to go through, or in some cases, they just weren't uh, getting confidence from their and the support of their banks that they needed. So, Link Finance was set up essentially to address that. We provide unsecured working capital loans. Uh, The average sweet spot for us would be a loan of, say, 100,000, but we'll do from 10,000 up to 500,000. Um, good things about it are uh, it's unsecured, so the, the SME doesn't have to, you know, get their security valued and put it to one side for the next three years or anything like that, which is great. Um, the rates are competitive, we're never going to be cheaper than the banks. They're bigger than us and more efficient because they have huge scale, but we have to try harder. So we think that we beat them on service, we beat them in terms of speed and we beat them in simplifying the whole application process. So effectively, it's demystify the application process, get it through its speed, and handhold the SME through the process.
0: And then, Niall, you know, it's very interesting because when you take out, say, the security element of it, so that by itself, you know, would speed up the process. But how would a company go about potentially applying or how would a company maybe assess themselves and say, do you know what, maybe this is a source or a method for me to go down?
1: Well... I mean to start the lane we'd, we'd say to everybody you should always get a second opinion uh, because if customers feel they're beholden to their their pillar banks they're actually not there's no harm you have nothing to lose by talking to linked finance because the only thing that you could gain is a faster better loan and you lose absolutely nothing by talking to us so that's the first thing secondly you know it's actually you just go on to linked finance linkedfinance.com uh, and there's an application process which will take about three or four minutes Uh, for customers and then they'll they'll see if they're good for the loan or not but in many cases we find that you know we have 10 people around the country who are effectively talking to customers every day about their financial needs and in many cases we find that customers have some individual item about their business that's different to everybody else so they want to have a one-to-one chat so we can take that into consideration and we're very very happy to do that Uh, Because, as I said, we have 10 people on the ground uh, talking to SMEs every day. And, you know, if there's a good opportunity out there for somebody, the worst thing in the world is to sit there and say, well, I don't think I'm good for the money, so I won't take care of that opportunity. Because the chances are somebody else, like a competitor of theirs, might just say, well, I'm good for it and I'll get the money somehow. And off they go. And then the original competitor is left behind. So, you know, if you're going to grow the business, Lots of ways of doing it. One of it is taking loans from linked finance. And we'd encourage customers just, you know, talk to us. We're not going to push anything on them or anything like that. But we we, we have a full credit assessment. It's in our interest and the customer's interest to make sure the loan is affordable. It's set over the right period. In some cases, people will come in and say, I need 150,000. we we'll go back and say, we think you need 80,000. You know, because otherwise you're stretching yourself too far. Or sometimes we we'll say, we don't think... You're, you're, you should be taking anything at this stage, but come back to us in six months' time. So, you know, it, it, there's nothing to lose by having a conversation, even if you're talking to the fellows in the big pillar banks. Come and no, talk
0: to us. 100%. And I think now something you know, that really resonates with me that you said there is that there's an awful lot to do with having that really good relationship or that personal relationship with your customer and your client. And sometimes in bigger organizations, by virtue of their size alone, that personal one to one relationship can be lost. So am I hearing that maybe this is something that you yourselves at Linked Finance are very passionate about? Is that, I suppose, that element of a a really good client uh, relationship with all of those companies that you work with?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's sort of two relationships. When they talk to us, there's two relationships that are important. The first is a lot of SMEs have relationships with external accountancy firms. And we'd like, you know, we'd always encourage our customers to talk to their accountants as much as possible. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels a bit like going to the dentist, but the more often you go, the better you are. So, you know, it, and by the time then you apply for a loan, we may be talking to the accountant and we'd like them to be well up to speed on what the books are like, that they're managed on a regular basis, the costs are under control, et cetera. So that's a really critical ongoing relationship for the customer. But also from our perspective, the 10 fellas we have and girls that we have around the country, they're speaking to SMEs every day. So they know what's going on in the market. They know if certain sectors are, are growing quickly like, interestingly, during the COVID lockdown, a lot of people had this blanket approach that, you know, everybody's suffering, but the reality is distribution companies grew at a rate of knots, professional services companies grew at a rate of knots, and other areas like tourism and hospitality suffered disproportionately, but all of the attention went to the negative. Absolutely. But so, so by just having a conversation with our guys, at least, if nothing else, they can give them the sense of what do they think is going on in the marketplace, and is now the right time to make the move. So, yeah, critical.
0: And it's always good as well to have the finger on the pulse, you know, to get the feel, because as you mentioned, not every industry suffers or gains at the same, you know, the same place and at the same time. You mentioned there earlier, and it's something that you know that we hear very much so when dealing with a lot of SMEs, Nile, is that. There can be an awful, lot of, I won't say red tape, but a lot of more or less nearly barriers when dealing with bigger institutions, when looking for funding and finance and more and more loops and hurdles and, you know, application after application to, to go through. What are the barriers that you see in particular from the SMEs that you're working with that they face when dealing with your traditional lenders as opposed to linked finance or alternative lenders?
1: Yeah, so the, the biggest issue, like the only reason that alternative lenders actually exist is because in, in a lot of cases, the quality of service from the Pillar Banks isn't where it should be. Um, so we would see that delays are the biggest issue for SMEs. Uh, they put in an application, there's an opportunity that's staring them in the face, and the opportunity may be there for the next couple of weeks or a couple of months, but won't necessarily be there for four months. And as a result, they need to move at pace. So that's that's the first thing. second thing is, the vast majority of SMEs are run by the founders, or in some cases, the families. And as a result, you know, some kind of, sometimes they're, you know, they're the founders this are the CEOs, and they're very busy people. And they're not accountants, and they don't have lots of time to source lots of information. And the most frustrating thing in the world for them is that they're waiting for three weeks. They haven't heard anything. They give the bank a call. The bank says, "Oh, ah, well, you should have sent in the following three documents." And that's just hugely frustrating because there's no guarantee the loan is going to be successful and there's no guarantee that they won't even ask for more information so slow speed and a long process with lots of documentation they're the two biggest frustrations for SMEs these days now we we can't you know afford just to give out money to customers willy-nilly so we will ask for documentation as well but we'll ask for three documents full stop first is financial accounts second is bank statements. And the third is tax clearance. Now, there might be something that's, you know, bespoke to one particular individual SME that requires us to get more information. But with those three pieces of information, we have 99% of what we need in most cases. Um, So the fact that we're asking for everything up front, even though it's only three Mm -hmm. things, just gives a little bit of certainty. And by the way, I'm not saying we'll say yes to everybody. but at least we make the process seamless, fast, and cause as little friction as possible. And we tend, like we're obviously assessing the ability of the business to repay it, but also we're back in the person, you know, and you know that's why in many cases, we prefer to have a conversation with the, the accountant or the directors. And, you know, that, that just gives us a good sense of how confident are they? Do they think it's the right time? What's the purpose of the loan? What do they want to do with it? And we're we're trying to educate ourselves. It's not a test for the SME founder, just to make sure that both parties come to the right agreement. That's really it. Mm-hmm.
0: And something that actually that you mentioned there was speed, because sometimes in the SME world, when an opportunity presents itself, it's you know, often it's you know whoever gets to make the move first, you know, in terms of the competitors, you know, can win that opportunity or win that customer or that client or just get that that edge. And speed is so often the trump card, you know, and you'd hate to see access to finance for a company genuinely needs it and deserves it to make the next step, you know, beat that barrier. What are you seeing as some of the key trends from borrowers these days, Nile?
1: And um, well, I suppose the first thing is on a sector by sector, we certainly saw a big, I mean, I mean, the first thing is on a sector by sector basis nothing that's happening at the moment is representative because covid and geopolitical things that are happening internationally in supply chains mm. and inflation are not necessarily a normalized they're world. definitely
0: not normal far from it <laughs>
1: and there's and there's a lot of them at the moment so a couple of things we are spotting certainly hospitality and tourism took a big bounce from about october november last year up until about february of this year and we're seeing some of that flatline a little bit because There's a lot of uncertainty and inflation, unfortunately, will cause a lot of people not to come over to Ireland because they've got to pay extra for the input costs. and There's a bit of uncertainty. And within the individual sectors, construction came back very strongly from uh, quarter three, quarter four last year. We have seen some sites close, unfortunately, um, and a lot of that is down to inflation because in fixed-price contracts, you can see that if, if a building contractor is saying, well, it doesn't actually make any financial sense to me to continue on this because the cost of steel or timber has just gone through the roof, I'm going to lose money on this, and some sites are closing down or easing back. On retail and distribution, we're finding really strong growth. A lot of the, a lot of the migration to digital and online uh, purchasing, it's still there, but it's eased back. The level of growth is eased back considerably and the high street is beginning to come back slowly but surely it'll never be where it was five years ago because a lot of people have now migrated online and then professional services i mentioned earlier professional services had a very overall very very strong last two or three years so that's it from a sectoral perspective in terms of the other trends I suppose the big watch out and trend is ewss and the COVID guarantee schemes that happened and warehousing of debt to revenue etc there is an emerging a mm-hmm. uh, theory i say nothing, mm-hmm. hypothesis that's what the politicians <laughs> say there's an emerging hypothesis that the revenue are going to write off all of the warehousing debt that's there and I can't, I'm not Paddy Power, so I don't know what Mm -hmm. that happening are, but we'd we'd caution people not to assume that because the revenue tends to get their money back uh, one way or another. So even though people would say, you know, it might have a debilitating impact on the overall SMEs and wouldn't it be great if it was all just written off? Well, it would be, but it's probably unlikely to be. So that's another trend. And then... That's on the sectoral level, and then in terms of um, the, the COVID overhang, the last trend I suppose is a little bit of uncertainty emerging in the market undoubtedly as a result of inflation. So energy costs going up, even petrol, diesel in company cars, uh, heating oil, etc. And then certain sectors just much more exposed to them than others. So you know they realistically those input costs will have to feed through into output prices and a lot of you know very clever economists for the last six months have been talking about the fact that inflation has spiked but it's all temporary you know it'll flatline and then it'll be gone by the end of the year and we'll all be hunky-dory I'm just not sure that that will turn out to be the case largely because these things tend to work in spirals sometimes good sometimes not so good because you can see that as inflation increases you know negotiations with workers may result in higher wage expectations and they in some cases will be met and that might feed into inflation just staying around a little bit longer than we'd like so so today the main trends that that we're seeing at the moment
0: and i think one thing you know for sure i think that everybody including all our listeners will agree with niall is that we are in very much unprecedented times there's so many different economic factors you know which are so relevant to everything that we do you know from the inflation side if you're in haulage or logistics you've got the increased costs going in there and um, different sectors are thriving others not as much they're more on the rebound side but i agree with you It will be very interesting to see what the effects of any clawbacks or closures of any of the covid type schemes which were implemented by the government will have and i think i'd share the same agreement with you that i can see the revenue Writing off any of those, you you know, um, you know, the the debt parking and all of that side of things, but maybe there might be preferential treatment there. So it will be very interesting to see. I think for everybody, how the next six to nine months will pan out. And just on that, you know, we will have Stephen Kinsler with us at the All Ireland Business Summit this year to shine some light on, you know, the economic outlook in particular for SMEs into 2023. Niall, can I just ask you, because you yourselves at Link Finance, have such good personal relationships with all of your clients, what advice would you give to any of our other listeners that are here today that are looking to scale?
1: Uh, <laughs> well, that's a it's going to be a very, it's, it's a big question, so it's going to be a broad answer, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a couple of lessons that people got and disciplines that people got during COVID that they need to retain as a starter. So, cost containment was a huge focus for businesses during COVID, renegotiating leases and rents, uh, getting better terms from the suppliers. They all hold true, and the worst thing in the world is to give that discipline completely away now that everybody assumes COVID is over, uh, for two reasons. First of all, cost management is, is obviously critical because working capital is what and cash flow is what put businesses out of business in most cases. So watch the cost line and don't relax. And if, for example, the landlord comes back and says, well, sure, we go back to the way it was before because COVID is over, hold your ground and negotiate, negotiate. That's the first thing. The second thing is a lot of the business that we saw that survived very well during COVID, even badly affected areas, they just created new revenue streams. Um, As an example, there was one fruit and veg producer up in North Dublin who had 12, restaurant slash hotel shop uh, customers. And during COVID, obviously the hotels and restaurants went from a hundred down to five or 10% of turnover. So they, they lost out massively. And within, I think it was about two months because they have a perishable product needed to be done, needed to be sold. Without a bit, within about two months from the beginning of outbreak of COVID, they had digital and then a pop-up shop. So digital first to do a click and collect and then a pop-up shop that they sold their fresh produce on. So they have now decided at the end of COVID that they're not going back to the hotel and restaurant section. Not because there's anything wrong, but just because they felt they were too concentrated in their their focus. So cost management, um, diversifying your revenue stream as much as is possible. Uh, We were surprised during COVID the number of SMEs that didn't take advantage of all the benefits that are out there. And while that's COVID specific, there's always grants available. There's always guys in Enterprise Ireland, IDA, whatever, to talk to and just find out what's available. Because in many cases, you know, you might meet SMEs and they say, well, I can't afford a 50,000 euro investment digital. Well, there's a grant from the EI for digital might cover about 50% of that. So talk to them and be aware of all the, the. There are a lot of supports out there so cost management revenue diversification and you know what's out there to help you in terms of and that goes for grants for development but also mentoring uh, because in many cases you know the people in charge of SMEs are so busy that they feel i just need to do more of the same thing and in some cases you're better off actually not doing more of the same thing better you're better off doing something else as well something
0: totally different yeah And it's it's very interesting as well. And and we've seen it ourselves in so many of the SMEs that we come across on a daily basis. Diversification, which was, I suppose, expediated very much so during COVID, but it forced, in a lot of cases, a lot of business owners to look at other alternative revenue streams that they may not necessarily have done. And I totally agree with you. There are fantastic supports that are out there, you know, government type supports such as your online trading vouchers and all of that. And that if you know, moving from a bricks and mortar type establishment to, you know, go more down the digital side of things. Well, there are supports there to help you in that. Look, Nile, you've worked with over 3,000, you know, SMEs, you know, since you established back in 2013. What would, you know, a good, a really good case of your example of a company that you might have helped um, be just for our listeners today?
1: Well, I'm assuming now that a, They're okay for us to say this out loud. Well,
0: one that's in the public domain, maybe, you know, on your website or as a case study.
1: Yeah, we had the Rolling Donut and Lully and Cooks. We do a lot of restaurants, things like that. We recently did a significant loan for a Ballyfurna based brewery. There you are, Mm Triple B, and with a great name. And uh, I'm not going to give the name out, but they. It was interesting they they just won a couple of awards they wanted to ratchet up and put in essentially a new assembly line and, and bottling line and we helped them do that and as a result of that they can you know fu- fulfill orders from the uk that they to be honest they didn't expect to get because of a uh, covid there is one particular uh, supplier that's been with us for about seven years now schoolbooks.ie and they just you know they've taken probably a a significant number of loans uh, they pay them off and come back and take the next one and they have been just an outstanding example of an organization that does three things brilliantly and keeps coming back on a rolling basis to top up the working capital and in some cases it's in order to buy stock in some cases it's in order to expand the number of people they have Mm -hmm. and in some course cases it's to get into the distribution supply side of it so they're the sort of business we tend to deal with. Uh, the only requirement we have is we're looking for businesses. We don't really supply startup businesses within the first six months or something like that. It's really businesses that have established maybe two years trading records mm-hmm. and, are on, as you said, uh, they're on that growth trajectory, but the range of needs that they have can range from as I said you know employing more people to digitally enabling their business to buying more plant machinery to expanding the size of their premises it can range you know we, we say it's down to working capital but the needs that we've actually uh, financed have been wide and varied.
0: And I think that example that you just gave there, Nile, of um, schoolbooks.ie and how they've come back on several different occasions, you know, for different types of loans. And for our listeners here today to know that it's not necessarily just a once-off or one-time that you may need, you know, to look at, to linked finance, you know, for an alternative source of funding. Actually, there can be an ongoing relationship there to help you grow, you know, throughout, you know, your growth period. So that's very interesting to know as well, Nile. Yeah, and uh,
1: we do a bit... 30 to 35% of the lending we do on a monthly basis is to existing customers who are coming either they're finishing one loan and they want to start another or they they have finished one loan a couple of months or years back mm-hmm. and they come back for another and I think that's good for the business because it indicates that the service we're delivering makes sense works and we with good reputation we do a net promoter score analysis with all our customers who were up at about 90 to 95 which we we're happy with so 95% of our customers would recommend us to somebody else But but, but we've got to concentrate on that because we're up against AIB and Bank of Ireland who are bigger than us. So we've got to be much better than them at service. We've got to be better at relationship management. And we've got to make sure that our customers are given the right size loans as opposed to if we give them too much, that's going to put too much stress on their business. If we don't give them enough, they won't be able to grow in line with their expectations. So it's it's a bit of a balancing act, but we've got to get it right as often as possible.
0: And just then with regard to, say, the term of the loans that you deal with, they're typically is one to five years and up to 500,000, is that correct?
1: Yeah. So up until about a month ago, until yeah last month in April, we uh, did loans up to a maximum of 300,000. This month we've increased that to 500,000 because we're getting a number of customers that were at the upper end of the 300,000 and were pushing us to go higher. So we decided to, to do that. Uh, we'd start at ten thousand, and then the maximum term we do would be about five years, because as you can imagine, you know, it's not for people buying, you know, a large factory or anything like that mm. that, can, that can be depreciated in the longer term. It really is more working capital focused, and uh, so that helps us. So yeah, yeah. So it's a, we've never had a customer come in and say, "Oh, I won't take a five-year loan because I want to take a six-year loan." So I think we, we tend to cater for, for the customer, the vast majority of our customer needs.
0: Very good. And Niall, I hear on the grapevine that you've got a, a new finance package, Merchant Cash Advance. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so the best way to describe Merchant Cash Advance is it's like invoice discounting for card revenue. Um, so a lot of a lot of customer service focused SMEs would take a lot of the revenue in in cards, be it credit cards or debit cards. And a, what the Merchant Cash Advance does is it's a typical loan, let's say it's 100,000. But it tends to be over a shorter period, let's say 12 months. But the repayment isn't one big lump sum that remains the same every month. Instead, customers were asking us to change the repayment in line with their revenue. So if, for example, you're in a Kerry and you have a fantastic summer, well, then it's only right that you pay, let's say 10% over that turnover of that turnover which is a lot more money than 10% of the turnover you've got to make in January and February when things are quiet. So it effectively flexes in line with the revenue of the customers. And it's all facilitated by ourselves in the background. And on a daily basis, the the, the loan, 10% of the loan based on that day's revenue is paid. So what a lot of customers are saying, it's big in the UK and the US in particular. And the reason customers like it is, because if they're having a poor month for seasonal reasons or whatever in January, say, but we don't want to be charging them the same amount of money to pay back the loan as they are where they're making lots of money in July and August if it's in, for example, hospitality. And we think that's absolutely fair. So they, the best way to think about it is they overpay when the revenues are healthy and they'll underpay when the revenues are quiet. And it's so far, it's got a great reception from customers. I suppose we have to get awareness of it out there because mm-hmm. not a lot of people know about it. It tends to favor customer focused businesses that are either on the high street or in the e-commerce area. And we think it is a great future. And as I said, the great thing about it is the customer, in other words, the SME, they don't have to think about, oh, the 25th of May is coming up and I have to pay off the big
0: loans.
1: D-Day. They're actually living on the net proceeds of their business. And then at the end of the 12 months, it's all back to normal.
0: Niall, something that's really impressive that's coming across here is how much that you've listened to your customers. You know, you established in 2013, you've worked with over 3,000 SMEs, and how innovative you have been in that period, no less to increasing the amount that you're providing in the loans from 300,000 to 500,000, introducing new products there, you know, like your merchant cash and fans and look we'd absolutely be delighted to share with all participants and delegates at the All-Ireland Business Summit you know all about that product and how potentially it can help you and your business. Niall it's been absolutely fantastic hosting you today on AIBF Business Talk I look forward to meeting you and all of the team in person on May the 18th at the All-Ireland Business Summit and for our listeners today um, and if you're coming to the All-Ireland Business Summit you can meet Niall and all of the team from Linked Finance and their business showcase stand. And Niall, if any of them would like to get in touch with you directly today, how can they do that?
1: They can uh, send me an email directly. It's O'Grady no apostrophe, at linkedfinance.com. Uh, they can give me a call. I'm happy for them to give me a call on the mobile at 087 And I'd be delighted to have a conversation with them.
0: Fantastic, Niall. Thank you so much. And you must be so proud of knowing that you've been playing you know, an instrumental part in facilitating the growth of so many SMEs who we've seen are the backbone of the Irish economy and they're the lifeline that keeps, I'll say, Ireland's heart ticking in good times and in bad. Niall, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure hosting you today.
1: Thanks very much, Elaine. Welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to AIBF Business Talk today. I really do hope you enjoyed listening in. To find out more about the All-Ireland Business Foundation and the work that we do, especially the Business All-Stars Programme, just go to www.aibf.ie. Remember, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Until next time, from your host, Elaine Carl, goodbye.